Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Keeping Up Hello with everyone. the G-Men with, with Empire Sports Media. Anthony will not be with us today, but Anthony we have a very special today, guest, we have a very Dan special Schneider, guest. who covers Dan Schneider, the Giants with CBS Sports. Dan, how are you doing today? Dan, how are you doing today? What's going on, Christian? Actually, just a little bit of a technicality there. I'm no longer actually covering the Giants for CBS Sports. I'm an NFL editor now there, so... Uh, cover the entire landscape uh, of the league, so no, no, no more day-to-day giant stuff actually. But doing well. How's it going for you? Oh well, that's even better, man. Oh, well, that's even better, man. We're doing good. Uh, We're doing glad good. to have you today. Uh, glad and to have you today. And unfortunately, that unfortunately, week one matchup that was a little rough. Matchup was a little rough. Um, it um, might have been unrealistic it to expect the team to win. Team to win. Uh, what do you think maybe they could have done better to try to stay to in the game earlier? Try to stay in the game earlier. Yeah, I mean, everyone's going to talk about the fact that Saquon Barkley didn't get uh, as many touches as people think he should have gotten or as maybe, you know, you would want him to get in this specific game. But I think what really what really led to the game getting out of hand was just their inability to keep up in coverage against what uh, Kellen Moore was showing first year uh, Cowboys offensive play caller and he really beat the Giants with a lot of pre-snap motion a lot of stuff that they clearly were not prepared for it was clear the Giants were using a similar game plan to what they've used in the past against the Cowboys uh, under Scott Linehan and although Moore is using or is running a system similar to what Linehan ran with the Cowboys he's calling plays very differently he's adding a lot more to that Cowboys offensive attack and you saw it in week one and I think that's really what led to people you know complaining and not happy with usage of Barkley you can't really use Barkley as a runner when you're down 21-7 and then when you're down by four touchdowns it gets even harder the Giants did what they did a lot of the time in 2018 they moved the ball and then they either punted or went for it on fourth down in the red zone uh, when they you know could have settled for three even though you know I like the aggressiveness I like the move but the you know the common denominator as was the case for most of 2018 and all of 2017 was the Giants' inability to turn field goals into touchdowns, and that's really what led to the game getting out of hand. Yeah, there was just a really yeah, – it, like really, it, like it seemed like there was a couple of key plays that could have kept the Giants in it. Uh, the thing that really stuck out to me was the miscommunications Eli had with Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley. Shepard in the end zone and Barkley on the wheel route. What do you think happened on those plays? What do you think happened on those plays? I mean, I, I don't know if I would consider them miscommunications. It's possible, though. It's hard to say without being part of, you know, in the huddle or in the game. But the wheel route was just, you know, Eli thought that Barkley would, would turn to, to catch the ball at that point. Barkley was running a little bit of a deeper route. Um, clearly, their their connection and chemistry in the passing game has been pretty limited uh, during the first uh, 17 games together. You know, they, the screen game has been dumbed down. There's not, it's not a full screen game that you saw with Pat Shermer with the Vikings the year before he joined the Giants with Case Keenum. Um, you know, part of that is just Eli Manning has never been a great short game passer, never been a great wheel route thrower, um, for example. And then, you know, the, the chemistry issue is, to me is not as big a concern. I don't really think that's something that, I, you know, you bring up two instances, but you could probably throw on the tape and find that a lot with, I think, I believe with from, from week one with a lot of passers. Um, and a lot of receivers and running backs. But, you know, as far as the short passing game goes with Barkley out of the screen game and, and you know, wheel route, things like that, it's never going to be, I don't think, an A-plus uh, a game for the Giants with Eli Manning at quarterback. 
Yeah, you bring up a good point there because I've heard a lot of speculation, I've, I've about, lot of speculation how about how the team didn't really the have the personnel really around have Eli the personnel around to break Eli the cover two shell. To break the cover two but shell. I wonder if teams actually just run it against Eli because they wanted to throw a ton of short passes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not exactly what the what the Cowboys are running. If you're asking that, for example, or, or, or can, uh, can you can you re rephrase that, or like, what are you what are you asking? Well, that? I've just heard some speculation well, over some recent speculation years about how they didn't have the tight end to break the seam, or the receivers weren't physical enough to you know break the shell. But I almost wonder if it's Eli they run it against. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that, you know, I think that's kind of been debunked a little bit. Eli kind of torched that cover to strict zone coverage against the Colts last season. Uh, I believe it was week 15 or week 16. Really, the biggest issue for Eli has not as much been the cover two. Uh, it, was kind of, it was kind of publicized in the media, but uh, to be quite frank, the, the people covering the Giants don't really have a great grasp of, and this is most teams, I believe, for most beat writers, and they do a lot of things really well, but when it comes to the X's and O's and the schematics of football, I don't believe they have a great grasp. So you can find situations where narratives like this one are kind of brought <laughs> brought upon us and, and, and dragged and continued when really they're not there. Uh, really, the issue for Eli mostly has been his inability to adjust to what he sees pre-snap, post-snap, meaning he'll go with what he sees pre-snap. He'll believe that he has the defense read, and really it's a defense coordinator bluffing him and then changing the look after the snap. And that's when Eli really hasn't done an excellent job of getting, of making positive plays out of, uh, you know, having, you know, based on, you know, seeing the field. One way to make a positive play when your pre-snap read is, is, is the opposite of what you expected is just overall field vision, seeing things open up that you, that maybe weren't primary reads. And then also, you know, being able to create off his spot, which has never been part of Eli's game. It's not going to be part of his game at 39 years old. So, for me, more of an issue is is that him him going too hard on his pre snap reads, uh, and and you know the cover two thing I think was kind of debunked against the Colts last year. Yeah, because that seemed to yeah, be seemed kind to of one of the general statements kind of about the general statements you know they about, can't break that shell you know, they can't with break all that of, shell, you know just force them to go underneath all the time. But you know looking but, forward, you know looking forward, do you think they're actually, actually going to try to feature Saquon a little more? Because I know you know that first game, like you said, it got a hand out of hand a little bit. But I think against the Bills, he might get like twenty five carries. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the game script and the game flow as far as how many carries he'll get. But there will de definitely be an overcorrection uh, on Shermer's part. We'll see a lot of first down runs, which I'm personally not a huge fan of. I'd rather just dump it off to Saquon on first uh, or any running back for that matter. Probably see some first and second, some run-run-pass situations. It's really a nightmare a nightmare for me as somebody who's a fan <laughs> of analytics in the game. But maybe just all they can do with this offensive scheme just based on the type of short thrower you have. Because really, the reason you can throw on first, in my opinion, is because if you have a quarterback who's quick enough through his progression, he can get fast to that running back read, similar to what we've seen from Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, some of those quarterbacks like that. And it almost turns, and Dak Prescott even, we saw it last week, it almost turns a, a pass into a run situation. Those short dumps to the running back are really an extension of the run game. But with the Giants, it's going to be a little different, I think. I think there will be overcorrection. I think they will lean on Barkley early in down. And, you know, the Bills are ready for it, so we'll see what they can do. We'll see if they can tire him out and get him to kind of get out of those run fits in the run defense game. I mean, that's kind of really what we'll have to see. It's really going to be about if the Giants offensive line can win up front 
because we know that the running game is coming. I agree with you. The overcorrection will come. Pat Shermer has previously in his tenure overcorrected based on, you know, past results um, and things that have happened in the game before that. So we will see it. Um, We'll just have to see if they can do it. I mean, last year the Bills were, I believe they gave up somewhere in the top five of most fantasy points against that running back. And I know that's a fantasy stat, but it just goes to show they're more of a, they're much better uh, as a pass defense than a run defense. That's pretty well documented. So it will definitely make sense for the Giants lean on the run, uh, but it's all going to kind of depend if they can slow down Josh Allen. Yeah, and I think Pat Shermer's yeah, in a I tough spot. Pat Shermer's in a tough because spot. I don't think he wants to just rack up all sorts of mileage on Saquon Barkley in his Barclay first few years just because the offense just really needs it. So, you know, so, I understand where he's coming you know, from when he's not just, you know, basically going Le'Veon Bell usage you know, with the Steelers. You know, with the Steelers. Right. But um, looking but, um, forward to this, forward to the this, schedule here. Do you think the schedule is kind of in favor of them running the ball? You know, the way they would like to. The way they would like to. I mean, yeah, it's hard to judge and gauge off that first game because the defense did look so out of sorts. They're going to really need to upgrade that linebacker position more than anything else. The defensive backs will get better with time, and it will happen sooner than people think because it's just. Defensive backs, you know, playing that position in the second, any of those positions, secondary, so based on communication and so reliant on it that you, know, you have so many young guys back there that, that, that that's going to have to improve, like, just naturally. But the talent at the linebacker position is lacking. I like Ryan Connolly a lot. I talked about him all preseason. But that's not really a guy you need as your lead dog. And right now, C- Carter's a solid player. He's going to get better. He's not where they need him to be right now. They need him. Clearly, the way that they've set up this roster, I need to be a number one pass rusher on the edge. Uh, Marcus Golden's really just an effort player at this point, a motor guy. Um, he was able to rack up 12 and a half sacks in 2016, I believe it was, before he tore his ACL. It was either 2016 or 2017. I believe it was 2016. Uh, that's a long time ago. It's three years ago. And he did it on a defense that had better players around him to help him get those high motor, you know, effort sacks, which is kind of what a lot of his sacks were. And actually, my old co host for Big Blue Banter podcast kind of figured this out when he rewatched his tape a lot of his sacks were effort sacks with arizona those 12 and a half sacks um so you know i don't know if he's the guy they can rely on either they're really going to have to now rely on rookie the rookie o'shane ziminens because kareem martin was placed on injured reserve martin was never a great pass rusher but he was excellent at setting the edge in the run game um and so that's just putting a rookie you know doesn't know james Patrick's system doesn't have the communication down into the mix for likely big snaps so there's issues. Alec Ogletree can't is it really has a two big weak glaring weaknesses in the game, and that's one on one coverage, and that's you know when they run the ball right at him, he's good sideline to sideline. But teams have figured out how to attack him and how to attack this Giants defense with him in the middle as their main guy. So you know it's going to depend a lot on if this defense can improve. Um, but obviously the schedule does get a little light until the until they play the Patriots. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned yeah, the linebackers. I'm glad you mentioned the linebackers. You know, I know it's unrealistic to bring in a whole new unit next year, but next I think year, all four of those guys need to be replaced. You know, it's just, it seems like there's not one thing either one of them can hang their hat on. I'm actually optimistic about Carter, but in coverage, I don't know if he's really going to make a living on the edge. Make a living on the edge. Yeah, I mean, I think that Carter is a keeper. I, I like him in coverage, but I also just like him to improve 
it was only one game. I think he's going to get much better as a pass rusher. Um, he's just to learn moves. Then goes Jane Ziminens as a player who they can probably rely on. And then I like that. And then I also like uh, Ryan Connolly, as I've mentioned. So I wouldn't say complete overhaul, but they'll probably move on from Ogletree, and that'll get them back a lot of money in cap space. Uh, there's not that much dead cap tied to his contract next offseason. And then, and then, you know, as I said, you know, Golden on the edge and, Mar- and Martin, these are guys who may not be back with the team. Yeah, I agree. And if Ziminez does pan out, that's three defensive players for one wide receiver for a rebuilding team. I mean, you know, as as much as fans seem to be upset initially, and I understand why, but, you know, this trade could really work for Gettleman. Yeah, I mean, it could. I mean, there's still the jury remains. I mean, that's, you know, we can't count on any of those players just yet obviously regardless of what had happened in week one um but that's kind of more of a long-term tracking thing I would oh, say. Absolutely. oh absolutely i just think the needle's pointing up a little bit since you know how since, much criticism you know, he how got. much criticism he got but i wanted to ask you about but dexter, I wanted to ask lawrence. You about dexter lawrence. do you think he had a good game do you think he had a good game i mean from what i saw when i rewatched the giants i like what i saw from lawrence he was getting doubled a lot more than the other guys on that defensive line so especially for his rookie debut i would i would give it a plus grade yeah because a lot of people expected snacks 2.0 and i I don't think he's quite that style i don't think many people did that really really studied him throughout the draft process throughout the draft process yeah no doubt i mean that was kind of a misconception i think in the in the draft community based on what you know what i've seen he's like like dave gutterman said he has the ability to flip his hips which gives him more of the ability to brush the passer than people maybe people realized when he was uh at clemson obviously he played through an injury too during his clemson career so that is believed to have slowed him down as well as a pass rusher yeah absolutely yeah and i think maybe with the rotation maybe with the rotation i mean i'm I'm not so much concerned about that as long as they have decent as long as they have decent so you know, might so, as well keep the guy fresh. You know, might as well keep the guy fresh. But you know, speaking of, but, you know, draft, speaking misconceptions, of draft misconceptions, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I mean, it seems like people I mean, are. It seems like people are totally changing their opinion totally on him already. Their opinion on him already. Yeah, I mean, I guess as far as Jones goes, uh, you really have to wait to see it in the regular season, though. Um, obviously, he got a few snaps against the Cowboys, which I thought was interesting because it obviously shows the Giants aren't viewing this as a total red shirt season for him which i didn't expect they would anyway um the fact that they would play him already uh definitely a sign that he might play sooner than later but you know obviously again to answer i guess your question it would be that you know you got to wait to see on jones uh can't judge anything really off the preseason yeah i mean we can't really yeah i mean we can't <clears throat> set really anything in stone set anything in stone but you know since but, the you know since the, the initial reaction to all of his all these moves Gettleman's making it seems like they start to start to grow on people a little bit yeah i mean i guess so i mean they did just get destroyed in their first game the Giants, yeah so it's probably yeah. not time to take a victory lap just yet no yeah that that no, was yeah, really that, bad that was and really i'm hoping bad. that was more that just was from more playing just a team that'll be playing a team that'll be playing in january playing in january I mean, maybe a top four team maybe in the league. Maybe a top four team in the league. I guess we'll find out against the Bills this Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, Dan, we really appreciate well, you coming Dan, we on really today. Appreciate coming on today. And uh, you know, and, hopefully uh, the season you know, hopefully picks the up a little bit. Season picks up a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Absolutely.
Absolutely. All right, everybody, that was Dan that works with CBS Sports. And for now, we're going to just wrap up. But we're going to have another episode before the game with Anthony Rivardo. And until then, just uh, enjoy the Thursday game, and we'll talk to you later.